from Oceans 11, 2001, by director Steven Soderbergh. The house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet and you bet big, then you take the house. This is Gothic. Season 4 of the Gothic Podcast may contain sensitive material not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I don't know. I thought that maybe this time... Well, I don't know. I'm standing here. There's a glass of wine in my hand. And I'm looking out through these big glass windows out over the city. And I've I've never been up here in the mansions before. I, I mean, is this not not my kind of place? I I'm just more comfortable down in the city, I guess. I I like it at the Boba Fett tea shop. I I like it at the metal shop. I I hope that. Well, I mean, June doesn't want me to go back right now, and I. I'm afraid it has something to do with my friends, um, who, he, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be happy with them. I, I didn't even know he knew them. I, I mean, we met at the Boba Fett, and, and he, he was so charming, and he was so nice. I, I didn't know who he was. I mean, why would Junichiro Hayashi be at the Boba Fett tea house? That's, that's ridiculous, right? I mean, that's ridiculous. Why would he come just to see me? But that's what he said. And, and it's been good. But all my partners Bad things happen to them. I mean, yeah, they haven't turned out to be the best people. I'm, I'm kind of, I guess, unlucky that way. But, but then the things that happen to them—that's, that's, no one deserves that, do, do they? Do they deserve the things that happen to them bad if they, they haven't been the best? Maybe to me, but maybe I, I maybe I don't deserve it. I, I don't know. But I'm I'm here, and my my feet are bare, and my toes are digging into this ridiculously thick white fluffy carpet, and it feels so good. And I don't know where June is, but I've got this glass of wine, and for now, everything is good. I I think everything is good. Hey there, Sojourners, and welcome to a hot, sultry, north, what direction are we? Northwestern Pacific... How do they know? What am I doing? How late is it? I don't it? know what you're doing. Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say sultry. How about uh, smoky? No, I'm saying sultry. Welcome smoky. to a hot, humid, sultry Pacific Northwestern <laughs> July filled. night. Summer night. Third time's a charm. <laughs> you, you might even call the evening moist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
we could if it weren't so not moist outside. <laughs> yeah. We said humid. humid Filled with the yeah. particles of a thousand wildfires. Anyway, what we're getting at, Sojourners, is it's hot out there on this summer night. Sojourners, last time we left on, wow, quite a note. Uh, oh, lots of information was acquired by our City of Mist riffs. Finally. In our City of Mist game from Magnus Simeon, uh, Junichiro Hayashi's pet magician. But things turned bad there at the end. And as many questions were still left to be answered, especially questions Baz had, especially questions that still might have led deeper into the maze of knowledge that is the reign of bodies. Well, something happened. Whether it was a backfire of Magnus Simeon's magic, or whether it was an attack by Junichiro Hayashi, Magnus Simeon wound up all but dead, uh, unconscious on the floor of the Ivy Corp secret warehouse in the industrial district, and our riffs are left in stunned silence. Well, not quite silence, as the pentagram that was on the floor flares into a hissing of blue fire for a moment. And then, as the sound of helicopters approaching becomes louder and louder, how did they get out? What happened? Did they get out? Were they taken by? Presumably, Hayashi's people in these helicopters. Find out next time on the Gothic Find out Podcast. next time, no. <laughs> well, they must have. As we find all of our riffs, including Ariel Farouche, the private investigator, in Baz's strange extra-dimensional cathedral located inside the city library in the university district of the city and we take up there where i mean last time you just sat in the pews because the cathedral had not yet taken on enough presence to have like meeting rooms and um you know choir practice areas i don't so are you still <laughs> in that main chamber baz is there somewhere else baz would take people and this is this would be a little bit of <laughs> walking and climbing some ladders and stairs, maybe. But he'd take people to the uh, uh, to the North Tower. What does it look like up there? Uh, I think the where he's going, no ladders are involved, but there are some rickety stairs. So it's kind of up stone steps onto a wooden platform. But then there are wooden stairs going up to the next platform, and that's where that's where Baz is actually living now. Uh, so you know, off <laughs> off to one side, you can see like a a mattress and and it's it's neatly made and there's a shelf with some carvings that he's been working on in his copious off time i guess mm. uh, there there are a few benches and chairs and things that are are over in kind of the center and there's a brazier uh for a, a fire that he can like drag around in a really probably noisy and annoying fashion but anyway <laughs> there it is and it makes I that figured... uh, chewbacca sound that things make yeah, exactly. when you drag them exactly. across a wooden, wooden floor <laughs> <laughs> yep that's what i'm talking about <laughs> so all that set up and i figure we're probably you know in a circle around the brazier with with it lit and and we're we're kind of recapping and getting everybody up to speed and above us are the outlines of these immense bells I will admit that when you said that there were no ladders on this one, that I imagined everyone having to just climb up the walls, <laughs> just like Baz does. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, come on, it's easy. <laughs> climb this way. <laughs> so you are gathered in the North Tower where Baz lives. And Ariel, this is the first time you have been in this space. You came into the library and you wandered around the stacks until Baz came and got you and he led you deeper into the stacks until suddenly you weren't anymore around you the library had faded away and what was what remained was a the interior of a church of a cathedral Alors, c'est très cool. Je uh, I never imagined that all of this was here at all. How is this possible? 
Yeah, I, I don't really know. I think it has something to do with this mythos stuff uh, that we've been learning about, but it it feels like home. I can see that it uh, that you fit very well here. Uh, thank you for for bringing me into your home. And coming from Ariel, that uh, Baz really kind of feels touched and looks visibly mollified. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do do I need to? Um, I don't want Phoebe to like know we're here. Do I need to roll a sneak around or something to? Avoid Phoebe. Yeah, give me a sneak around. So I am tagging my weakness rival Phoebe. The hidden power tag from my Enclave theme book, definitely. I don't want to be vulnerable, so protect the vulnerable. So that gives me a net. Oh, and sorry, do the statuses from before still apply? Discombobulated and indecisive. Is Andy still with you? And do you have him? Do you have his uh, mouth un? I would. I would hope so. So. He is, but I, I think we probably arrived at different times. So he would have probably, Baz would have doubled back outside to collect Ariel. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with yes, because he's confused by this cathedral in the library thing, too. <laughs> okay. And so that's still happening. And okay. then when we get Ariel with Andy, we're going to have to, she's going to have to face danger as well in order to avoid the effect that Andy has <laughs> on people. Uh, and discombobulated still as well, or? Discombobulated was from the desiccated ones when we fought yeah, them, Yeah, it's right? from like three episodes ago or something. Yeah. No, that's that's okay. going to have gone away. I mean, circumstance, circumstances allow me to take uh, some tags away, uh, and you don't have to do your downtime activities in order to do them. So uh, I would say that discombobulated, now that there are no desiccated ones, or their creator around. Although, are there any desiccated ones around? Did we bring Mr. Singh? Did you bring Mr. Singh? Totally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I mean, of, of anybody, I feel like Mr. Singh is the one that the best yeah. has to make sure it's okay. <laughs> now I'm your landlord. <laughs> you live in my house now. <laughs> so, Ariel, when Baz leads you up into the North Tower, with all of its differing types of staircases <laughs> up to where the bells are almost. The others are there. There's Cadence, there's Echo, but there's also Andy Ayuse. And I don't think you know who he is. I do not. He is a wiry little fellow who seems very agitated and is kind of he's in a chair but if anybody can huddle inside of a chair it's andy i use and uh, so he is over there huddled in a chair kind of muttering poetry to himself it's very bad poetry but uh he's muttering it and this makes you feel a little weird inside and you need to defy danger in order to avoid becoming indecisive two okay yeah i rolled a 12 with a power of two for sneaking around so maybe now i don't have to sneak around anymore because i've yeah. like memorized phoebe's route he's uh i'm feeling weird you're feeling indecisive it's a it's a almost a mental attack not one that he means to do but it's there nonetheless i've got reckless and bravado from my logos theme and so it might be where I'm feeling threatened. And so I kind of, you know, puff out my chest, psychologically speaking. Another rock of muffin from the streets. <laughs> oh, double sixes plus three. So nice. 15. Talk to the hand. With uh, defy danger, or sorry, face danger, you fend off the effect and take no status at all from it. So you are, you walk in and uh, you feel this bit of indecision coming over you and you realize it's the muttering of the guy speaking poetry over um, sitting in a chair kind of huddled there. And I don't know, what do you do? You're not affected by it. Um, I think that I would just um, raise an eyebrow, but realize that he's a guest of my host. So. Leave him alone and try and probably keep my distance. Another guest of your host appears to be one of those creatures that you encountered at the secret Ivy Corp warehouse. One of the 
creatures being called desiccated ones by the others. I would probably bristle a bit at that one, and I would say, Bez, what is he doing here? What is that thing? It, it's Mr. Singh. He's, he's mostly back. We're, we're trying to make him okay. He's fine. He's not going to hurt us. If you say so, I suppose that's um, okay. Look, Mr. Singh, tell her you're all right. Bez, <laughs> I, I do not know if I am all right. I don't understand. I still do not understand most of this. The, the... No, no, I mean, I just mean that you're not going to hurt us. Why would I? I don't have any intention of hurting you, no. See? Maybe not directly, but would they know where you are? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Baz is making the like neck chopping motions, like like stop. Ixnay on the eyeing spay. <laughs> I I could be putting you all in great danger. Well, we'll figure that out, but we just need to we just need to huddle up. Okay, yeah. ba- band huddle, band huddle. Come on, get in here. Am I in the band? Uh, well, maybe you want to rest. Uh, you can use my 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 bed over there if you want. I am not tired. Oh, okay, but. <laughs> All right, then come be in the band. That's the opposite of what I was. I will say. just stand over here, and he stands, <laughs> and he he just stands facing. I mean, he walked over there. He didn't even bother turning around. He's just standing facing the wall, like Blair Witch Project action going on here. <laughs> okay, amazing. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> Andy is like. The, the the thing that was once alive and it's not now stands against the wall like a pall, and then in the way of dead things rising, he looks at me, and my heart is pounding. Yeah, okay, Andy, thanks. That's no, I'm I'm composed. It's what I'm sorry, Baz. It's just what I do. I just it's so I'll, I should have never gotten out of bed yesterday, or was it today? I don't even remember. What it's been a it? long day, man. It's been a long day, man, for all of us. But once you get those two sorted, then you huddle up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Ariel, you should know that we ran into uh, that uh, that big, tall Norwegian guy who we've been seeing around with a big fur coat. Uh, Magnus, is that, tr- is that right? Yeah. And he had, like, a lot of information about, about Mr. Hayashi that we didn't know. and. I'm going to be honest, there was some real freaky stuff going on, but we had like a really long conversation with him, like really like three episodes long. <laughs> and <laughs> listen, he's he he's been working for Hayashi, but he doesn't really appreciate it. And he shared a bunch of stuff with us um, because he's trying to trying to get out from under Hayashi's kind of influence. So I don't know what you know, but we just learned a, a bunch of stuff that we are kind of still processing, to be honest. That is very interesting. I would like to hear about that. Okay, first of all, Ariel, like, do you know that you're a rift? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We haven't even talked to you since we learned about that stuff. Do you know about rifts? I do know about rifts. Okay, great. Because that was like a lot of other stuff that we had to learn. Okay, so you're one, Cadence, Baz, me, maybe a couple other people. Magnus, we think probably Andy. Hayashi. Probably, well, definitely, Magnus definitely told us about that. Magnus even said that those who tend to be around Hayashi for a little bit, some of their powers awaken to some of their riftiness. Yeah, and he said too, I think he said that Hayashi and his own powers are also like being awakened by some patron of Hayashi's since the reign of bodies. I think I might have some information about that that you might want to hear at some point, but please continue. Do you hear voices in your head? Oh, yeah, we got this whole other thing also happening. It's really confusing. The voices in your head are confusing yes. to you? I find them to be quite comforting, actually. The, the voice in my head actually seems to have a pretty good handle on it. Yes, I... Uh... Mine's got a Texan accent. <laughs> <laughs> A Texan accent? Well, mine does not have a Texan accent, but... Um... Mine sounds kind of stuffy. <laughs> like the the book type, the learned, the, the scientist. Doc, uh, Dr. Grace harumphs inside your yeah. head a little bit. <laughs> I confess I'm not always in agreement with this voice inside my head, as you call it. Uh, uh, I just call it my inner voice. I, 
Uh, we do not often agree uh, exactly on how to proceed about things, but but I feel that it's it's just a part of me. Do you know a name? Uh, I know that uh, my that I uh, call myself inside my head often as Haven, and that but that she does not feel like a completely separate part of me. Yeah, so I think why this matters is that the voices in our heads are fighting this guy named Kane, and he goes into these fiction worlds, so maybe we're fiction. I guess our rifts are fiction, maybe, uh, too, so that that works out somehow. Anyway, uh, we think he's probably Hayashi. This is so meta. Or so, some other presence that is also around Hayashi. and. Yeah, I think we gotta go go pay Hayashi a visit and maybe throw him out a window or something. Oh, that sounds fun. Well, I uh, I of course have information about Hayashi uh, and his activities, but I'm not sure if he's Lazarus Kane or not. Um, but Lazarus Kane, of course, I do know. Well, Haven knows. Uh, we we know about Lazarus Kane. Magnus intimated that Hayashi is working for somebody higher or has a, a Some more kind of patron prevalent patron. Like a boss who's telling him what to do and giving him stuff. Well, that tracks. Uh, well, so I should probably share with you what I've learned. Uh, it took me quite a while uh, this time that you have been working on whatever it is that you have all been working on. I have been infiltrating the IV Corp. And uh, I got to be um, quite close to Hayashi's office uh, as a cleaning person. You don't have to be embarrassed about that, girl. That's awesome. That's literally my job. Well, it's quite <laughs> handy when uh, uh, when I was able to create a distraction and uh, Hayashi left the room for some time, and I was able to get inside his office at the time where he has usually retreated. You know about this? Yes? Oh, yeah, you told us about the uh, the hour, the mysterious hour. Yes, that hour. Yes. Um, so he has in his tower a room. And I spent many weeks uh, attempting to access this room, and uh, and I finally did. And you will not believe what is in that room. What is in that room? I'm falling for the clickbait. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this person inside this room was when I first saw inside, and this was from a distance. I was not able to get close right away. Uh, all I could see was a shrouded figure, kind of like, a, a I don't know, a, a mummy or a, or something, you know, very, uh, very wrapped up. But uh, but movement, I could see some movement, but very sluggish. and and. I, I just had this, you know, had this from my inner sense that there was uh, something more to this figure. So I, I worked hard to get to get access to this room. Uh, and I can tell you that this uh, this person that Ayashi is keeping, his name is uh, is 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 Russ Canis. Ross Canis. Uh, Russ 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 Canis. And uh, and that he's being kept in this room that uh, on many machines, uh, being kept alive by Hayashi, who meets with him for this secret hour, uh, and that he's actually a very interesting figure. He has uh, underneath all this shrouding uh, behind his normal figure uh, a jackal's head. I'm sorry, a what? Yes, I was quite surprised myself as well. But uh, but I was able to, like I said, uh, create a distraction where I was left alone with access to this room. Did you talk to this guy? I was able to talk to this man. Uh, Russ, he said his name was, but I could sense this jackal's head behind the shrouding. And, uh, and he told me about this battle that he had with, uh, with someone that he called the, the, the huntsman. Okay. In the forest, he had a battle with the huntsman in the forest, and that's all that I know about that. He then, uh, it was all very confused, but he said that uh, Hayashi found him after this battle where he was wounded, 
and he was maybe not sure about the consequences of such a wound, uh, the mythic consequences perhaps of such a wound, but Hayashi found him and imprisoned him during this moment of weakness. Was that moment of weakness the rain? Well, um, uh, that is, of course, my speculation. Okay. Uh, did this, this thing try to eat your grandma? No, no, this is... <laughs> I want big bandages you have. Sorry. <laughs> there is a very big difference between a jackal and a wolf, okay? I can tell this difference. <laughs> Trust me, I of all people know the difference. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to this sort of thing. I I just had to ask. Oh man. <laughs> okay, well, did did you feel anything? Uh it seems like there might be a force that's uh empowering uh people's you know mythos side. Uh that might be Hayashi, that might be this guy, I don't know. I got the feeling from this guy that he was uh, some sort of uh, figure important in the balance between life and death, and that this wound that he suffered was uh, was perhaps responsible for the rain of bodies that we all experience, uh, and that he is he is not not sympathetic to Hayashi. He's being held prisoner, in fact, and still very weak. What would you think would happen if we were to? Just as a random, non-specific example, break him out of there. Well, I, I'm not sure what would happen in the mythic context, of course, but I can only have sympathy for this poor, uh, poor trapped figure. I look over at Andy. Yeah, is this a good time for Haven to try and break through, or should that be dependent on rolls? Uh, well, it is dependent on a roll, but uh, she can certainly try. Okay, I want to break free. I was thinking that literally the entire last two episodes, last last episode that we recorded. <laughs> so the way we do this is that uh, Ariel is making a face danger roll. Uh, you can choose to or not to use as many tags as you want. Like if if Ariel is willing for Haven to come forward, then you don't have to use any tags on this. But one that you will have is voices in your head too. Um, which is a minus to your roll. A minus two to my roll? Yeah. Minus two. Okay. So if I want to overcome that minus two, I need to use some tags. Right. And you would only want to overcome the minuses if you don't want Haven to come forward. If Ariel, oh, okay. if Ariel doesn't want Haven to come forward. No, I wouldn't think that she doesn't want. I just think, I think that Haven is feeling frustrated with all of this, like poking at the problem. And wants to just kind of just come forward, and and Ariel isn't opposed. She can maybe kind of feel that building in the back of her throat that there's a realization to be had. And while she doesn't quite know how to access it, she's not really resisting. Okay, face danger. Okay, and since I went to where did it go? Face danger. I clicked it, and you failed you horribly. So. <laughs> Haven with a five. <laughs> Haven gets to take over. Haven does Ooh. get to take over. Fantastic. So she's Haven and Ariel. <laughs> she doesn't have to mix with anybody. Yeah, that's true. She doesn't have to do the body swap episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was. I was so kind of hoping she would be Kane, and We're Ariel is other. actually the. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! I would have a. I would have a heart attack in real life. <laughs> right. I'm really close to my mythos. Like, like they're they're pretty in sync. Me and my mythos, we are besties. <laughs> now you need your Haven voice, though. Yeah. Do I have a Haven voice? My Haven voice is really just my voice. Is this my voice? I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, listen. I figured it out. The forest is the conduit. It's an interconnecting conduit web. And the city of mist is not a book world. It's not a book world. It's, it's where, where all the stories are from. It's the birthplace of these archetypes. We can escape minute. it if we get to the forest. You're saying that the, what our uh, head voices were saying that about going into stories and stuff. This is where everything came from. But we're not fictional. We're not, but the stories, the birthplace of the stories is here. 
is this a different forest than uh than Hayashi's mythos because that seems like a really scary forest yeah how many forests do we have to deal with yeah there's like four that we're keeping track of right now well this is a secret this is this is a secret the secret forest where anubis battled the huntsman it, that's the 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 conduit web where we can access our world or Kane's world or any other world. Wait, you mean like uh every place has a forest and that's where we need to make it to. Could you is this some place you can physically travel to? Cuz I got this great car. I don't know how to get there. I I don't know how to get there. We could ask we could ask Anubis. We could uh let's try and break him out. I'm all for that plan. Let's let's go with that plan. I like you. So we're trying to get there. What about all these lost? Magnus said a lot about these lost people. He gave us a list of names. Our uh, head voices said a little bit about that too. Yeah, we we definitely need to need to protect them and take them with us if we can. And Magnus wants to come too. That is, of course, the mission, guys. We have to save the lost. Oh, okay, sorry, we're kind of fuzzy on this stuff. And then, and then I think Ariel's gonna kind of try and wrestle her way back. Do I do I have to roll for that? No, you're fine. The problem for your missed characters at this point is there are some parallels between your goals, but not complete. Definitely, things that the contemporary now characters inside of you want may not quite link up with what you want to achieve. Yeah, man, I want to. I want to run over another desiccated one, man. <laughs> well, there's Mister Singh in the corner. Baz <sighs> <laughs> like steps in front between you and Mister Singh. Listen, I'm sorry. Okay, it just like <laughs> I got so excited about it. <laughs> well, I think of the things you want to do. We got to focus on the daring rescue. Yeah, so we're trying to rescue uh, Anubis and. Do what exactly? Take him back to this forest or heal him or what's going on with 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 this guy particularly? Well, I'm not sure exactly uh, if Anubis is the key or or if the shrouded man is the key, Russ, Russ Canis, uh, or if it is his, his opponent, if this huntsman person. Yeah, Shirley's the key. If we need to find the huntsman. Shirley, she, she works at the metal shop or did work at the metal shop. Hayashi took her. She's the huntsman. So a- Andy said she's the key. Uh, okay, I'm. Uh, and, well, and maybe apparently he... she has something to do with chance or luck. And oh I god, think that I forgot that Andy said that. Hayashi is trying to like amp up her power and use her to make things work out well for him. Oh my god, he's like gambling, but with Shirley, like but with loaded dice. Yeah, exactly. Shirley not is the key. And all the world shall fear, but yet when the key is in the lock and all is opened near, the forest shall become itself, it shall itself open wide. And when it does, and Hayashi goes deep to the inside, then will all that has been and all that will be, be ruled by he who is the tree. Thank you for that contribution, Andy. Don't you dare discard that right now. Well, that that does sound rather like Hayashi is an important, uh, the important forest. We All right. Shirley is the key, he says again. And he's, he's obviously in some kind of weird trance thing going on. Shirley is the key. I am the lock. Oh, shit. Are you the key master? <laughs> I'm the gatekeeper. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Roar. <laughs> Hear my barbaric yawp. Okay, so uh, uh Oh my god. Is there anything else? We got to rescue guys. Listen, not just this guy in the bandages in the secret room but also Shirley. We got to get her away from him. Hang on, hang on. We we need to get into this forest. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's yeah. where Kane is vulnerable. That's where we can right. can beat him. So we need Shirley and we need uh, Andy. And it sounds like we also need we need to well, okay, so we need Shirley and Andy. 
and also Hayashi, and I'm not sure about uh, the uh, Russ, but uh, the Huntsman sounds important as well. You know, my cleaning shift starts at, at 6 p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> no, I was thinking it sounded like this guy, Russ, was important to some kind of balance, and he's not been able to play that part since he's been locked up in a tower. And we know that Hayashi uses people like literally not just like uses people but like actually uses people and he's trying to use shirley he was trying to use andy and he's trying to use this russ guy in this room so it sounds like we need to just get all these people away from him and maybe put russ back in the forest where he belongs yeah i, I think that's a great next step let's do that baz is standing up now <laughs> you guys we got to keep moving they're gonna find us yeah like if we've got andy Plus, we don't know what kind of schedule this guy's on. They're not going to stop. Yeah. I mean, focusing on the lock and the key, um, we got to we gotta keep them. We got to keep them safe. We got to keep them away from them. And they're going to yeah. keep hunting. We got to keep moving. Baz. We got to figure out what's going on. Yeah, ba- Baz, this uh, a cathedral kind of exists out of like space time, right? It, it's a sanctuary, I think. So if Andy stayed here, do you think he'd be safe? I think he has the best chance here out of out of anywhere else. Uh, I sometimes I think the gargoyles move. I think they might help out with that. Okay, I didn't even think about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, that's gonna haunt my nightmares. Uh, okay, <laughs> so ha- hang on. Do we need to get uh, do we need to get everyone away from Hayashi, or do we need to get everyone in with him t- together? No, uh, from from what we just yeah. heard from Andy's mouth, we do not want the lock and key and no. Hayashi to gain that power. Okay, uh. so another thing that Magnus told us was that um, Hayashi's the avatar of some kind of suicide forest, and he wants to acquire some kind of ultimate power to make people commit suicide? Question mark um, by gaining access to this forest. So. Uh, I think personally, I'd rather him not have that access if it was up to me. He he did also say that he'd be vulnerable there. Oh, that's true for like a hot second. We might need to get him in it, but we we want to control the lock and the key, and oh we want to God. have the lost with us. And then in one fell swoop, we just want to get him in there, knock him out, have have Canis there too, right. and and just deal with him, and hopefully get out of this. What if we bust? Canis out, but then pretend like make like we're helping Hayashi get to the forest, right? And then like at the last second, he thinks he's going to take ultimate power, whatever he's after, and like he has this moment of weakness, and we get in there, and Canis is like, rah, whatever he does, and we take him down. I don't know if we're going to be able to convince uh, Hayashi that we're on his side, but uh, all the rest of that sounds great. We might not be able to convince him we're on his side. But what if we could convince him that we're like... That our goals are aligned. No, no, no. Listen. Kind of like what Magnus was asking us to do. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Pretend we're like trying to fight him, but he's winning and be like, oh, no, don't enter the forest right now. Oh, you're so big and strong and you're going to win. And like, he'll be like, ha ha, you fools. And but like, we'll actually be like in control the whole time. A trick. I like it. Yeah, like somebody says, don't let him get into the forest. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're like, oh, no, we totally have the key or the lock. I mean, which the, you need the key for. And I, I like that. I, idea. I don't know. Any, I don't know any well, details, uh, but wait, uh, that that's I I think from what I um, I mean, I uh, am I the key? No, no you're, you're the lock. No, buddy. I think you're the lock. Oh, right. I have the lock. Wait, I don't want to be either one. What? Yeah, what no. I, what does that mean? One that I'm the lock. Andy, I don't know. It means you're part of something bigger. Yeah. And maybe you'll realize it, but we're getting some funky vibes off you. So if you can just wake up, that'd be great. It means, says Mister Singh, that when the lock and the key are together, Hayashi, I believe, is looking for mostly Andy, but he needs to be in the right place and the key will allow him to be there because of the luck of the oh. of the gamble so he doesn't know where he's supposed to be yet but she's going to find it for him 
Singh is still just standing there staring at the wall. He hasn't turned around. <laughs> well, first things first. We're <laughs> like, don't listen. <laughs> it's a small room. I feel like first things first, we need to bust out Russ Canis. Do you guys think that's that's a good yeah. idea? I think that's a good idea. I mean, I don't personally, but go ahead, Echo. What what do you think? I mean, let's just go diving right into the belly of the beast, why don't we? I mean, Mr. Simeon literally told us that like there'll be a moment of weakness right as he enters the forest, but before that he could literally make us end ourselves, and that's not a great thing to hear. Okay. But Magnus also said something about how Hayashi has a patron. If this if yeah. this Russ is a patron, if he's not, then who yeah. is the patron? Magnus knew not who the man that Hayashi met with was. All, all he said on that matter was speculation. I think that Magnus thought Hayashi was getting power and information from him, and it sounds like like he is. He's he's picking his brain and finding things out. But I definitely got the impression that Canis was a prisoner and not a, not. An authority figure, right? But he spends the time with him. So what? What is he doing in that time? It's got to be something to his benefit. He's like uh, interviewing him or torturing him for information or something. Yeah, exactly. Yes, definitely. But and I... what are we going to do? Free him for more information that we're just going to ask him and drill him on? No, I I literally just want to take him away from Hayashi and you know give him the chance to get revenge on Hayashi maybe yeah exactly i just i just want to get the dude out and and get him away from so that hayashi can't use him anymore okay i get that i do think that it would per- perhaps be in our interest to have uh, to have kanas be stronger before we force the confrontation yeah especially if his wound was the cause of the reign of bodies would healing him like bring some kind of i mean you mentioned the word balance and i am so hung up on that right now like if healing him would bring back some kind of balance to the force <laughs> no if healing him would would kind of reset things in a way that would make things i don't know maybe not make sense again necessarily but put stuff back the way it's supposed to be like it only makes sense to get this guy out of hayashi's a secret jail. Well, of course, I cannot speculate on what effect uh, healing him fully will have on the on the, the the city. But it does seem to make sense to have him be at full strength before we force a confrontation with Hayashi. Uh, Echo, were you about to say something? Yeah, because I just want to play devil's advocate here. Oh, absolutely. Go for it. What if, as a prisoner and being suppressed by Hayashi? is what's keeping this Russ Canis from being more powerful and being a dark thing that we don't really want to unleash. I guess that's true. I mean, if he's part of some kind of balance, maybe he's like the the negating effect, you know? But like, if I know anything about balance is that it's need, it needs both sides. And then, of course, there's the question of this huntsman figure that I feel some personal connection to, I admit it. Um, but it, uh, it sounded to me like Hayashi was uh, maybe in the right place at the right time and simply f- came upon Mr. Canis uh, after this battle with the Huntsman. And so, of course, we should maybe factor in this, this other Huntsman figure. Ariel, do you feel like you know... so? I'm assuming here the Huntsman is another rift in the city. Do you know, like, who this person is or where we could find him and maybe talk to him a little bit? I wish I knew right away. Um, Canis did not know who he was in the city. I I do not know. But I, as I said, I feel... That's why he hired Magnus to hunt us out. No, perhaps. I feel some connection with this figure... It has a vibrating feel whenever I say his name. And so I maybe can direct my further searches, uh, investigations in that direction. While you all free or do not free, uh, Mr. Kenneth. I'll like play the good side for a moment. All right. I like this idea. Let's free this Russell Canis guy. I understand how we can get one person working as a night shift cleaning lady into Ivy Corps. 
how are you going to get us um, with a love Baz, but with a look over at Baz, knowing how big and awkward Baz looks, how are we going to get us into that room that you're talking about? With that, let's cut forward to oh. how this all happens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh! Do this in full Ocean's Eleven style. <laughs> and we're all in Ivy Corp Tower. And you are approaching uh, the secret door, in fact, in Hayashi's office, which is a beautiful top of the pyramid room. It probably occupies the entire top of the Ivy Corp pyramid, which makes a certain amount of sense. Uh, there are windows all around looking out over the city. And for once, from up here, it almost seems like there is no mist that you are looking down through. You just see the lights of the city spread out in a great glistening firefly canopy below you. There's a there's an obelisk in front of the tower, right? So I had this vision of like a reflection in a pool in front of the building or on the side of the building of the obelisk and the pyramid, which is reflected as I V. <laughs> well, there is now then. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is totally nice. that. Awesome. Also reflected is for season four. Thank you very much. Uh, we love you all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Beyond that, there is a haze past the far, far edges of the city and beyond. You see massive looming shapes. It almost feels like. And um, those are hard to make out, but they dredge up something reminiscent of seeing that as your contemporary now selves fell from the sky. And then you look down and you see the, the gleaming neon lit sides of the Ivy Corp Tower. But from up here, you all, now that you are more fully into your riftness, you see the blood on the side of the tower still wet and dripping down its gleaming length. And yeah, you are here in Judichiro Hayashi's office. It is night. Hayashi is presumably with Shirley Not in his mansion in the Manor Hills. How did we get to this point? How did you get here? By car, baby! Straight into the office? Yeah. <laughs> Just like crashed right through the window. Drove right up the side of the pyramid. Yep, exactly. Okay, let's do this step by step then. What do we need, Ariel? How do we get into the building to stop? Do you have like a pass key? Well, yes, I... Dun, 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 dun. I, uh, I will be able to let you in to a service door. Excellent. And then we uh, we will be able to take a service elevator. I, however, am not in control of any cameras, so we will have to come up with either somebody who can um, help us fix the camera situation, or we'll have to have some sort of appropriate disguise for you all. Echo, can you do anything with cameras, or is it just sound stuff? It's all based off of the same technology. It's interrupting sound waves and, and light waves. So I think I, can ha I think I can handle that. And as you say that, we flash to a scene of Echo inside the building. There's a mass of wires and uh, cabling in this small room. Lots of lights beeping and flashing. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> can Dr. Grace help out? I think probably yes. All of the speakers in the building go off. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot. <laughs> Change the game. And uh, with the voice in your head working with you now, I will oh. give you a plus one there. I will also add technical troubleshooting. And I'm going to use recording equipment, and most of it's just to create a deafening white noise that overrides the other equipment around. Kind of like I took an example off of when the scarab 
like malfunctioned and it caught and it like caught attraction to everybody i'm gonna take that inspiration and try and flip it the other way and like use that as kind of like a overpowering distraction and i'm going to invoke overconfident oh okay any crew themes you want to use i don't know if we've I don't think, uh, yeah, whatever crew theme I use is not going to overcome that. So Yeah, no, that wouldn't have mattered. Damn. You are in there and you're doing it, but you realize very quickly that you are in over your head here. You are too confident ah. coming up against this super high tech uh, system that is here. It the, the idea is there, but you have, in fact, managed to trip many of the alarms in the building. Awesome. The only thing you can think to do now might be to blow the whole system out, but you would have to use your mythos self to do it. Uh, that one was def- would definitely be a uh, stop holding back. All right. It's always Echo who stops holding back. Yeah. <laughs> what, what negatives you want on this? Nope. There's no, that's not how stop holding back works. You roll with your logos. Roll with my logos. Yep. 2d6 oh, plus yeah. your logos and that's it. So I have two logos, so that's plus two. But before you do that, we've got to determine the level. So there's a few different levels of stop holding back. Significant is, you know, important, but not. it's not something that you're doing that is really, really pushing you to your real limits. No return is, there's no coming back from this. If, If you do this, then even if you succeed... It's going to really blast apart one of your theme books for a while, if not forever. And then there is ultimate, and that's if you fail, you die, essentially. I think that given the stakes and given what needs to happen here, as you now need to not just short out the security system, but short out security everything throughout the building, the people who might wind up responding to this i think it is a no return level so on a no return if you get a seven to nine you're going to replace one of your themes on a 10 and better you're going to mark fade crack and burn all the power tags on one theme which means you can get it back eventually but it'll take a while yeah you don't have to do it you can let the security systems roll and you can find another way no. All right. Let's do this. Oh no. That's a four. That's a big old miss. Oh no. I well. I I'm like, shit, oh, we're God. screwed now. You lose control over your powers. Oh shit. So I think they would pull the katana and be like, well, can't lose much more now. And like slice through like a bunching of wires that are hanging there against the wall, and then just reaching for the wires and trying to like create that deafening blast as they grab onto the wires and hoping that they can like fight that power. And as you grab the wires, all that electricity flows through you. It powers into you. And for a moment, you aren't echo anymore. For a moment, you are the siren. You are the creature from the deep. You are the song made real. You are the song made flesh. You are every sailor's nightmare. You are every bard's dream. And you flow like water through the cables. But this this is your pure, unadulterated, mythic self. And it doesn't care about humanity. And as it finds rooms in the pyramid where there are people they reach for their ears as blood runs down their faces as they fall dead here there everywhere throughout the pyramid it is night it is after hours but there are still security there is still cleaning staff janitorial staff <laughs> cleaning crew i was going out for drinks with them later <laughs> um and then you come back to yourself and you fall to the ground and you replace one of your theme books with a mythos theme. 
because there is no coming back to your logos after that. There is just the rise of your mythos. On the plus side, your way up security-wise is taken care of. Uh, are you still mobile at this point? Christ. Or are we like carrying your inert form <laughs> to the elevator? They, they would reach for their scarab communicator and be like, uh, I think we're clear now. I, ouch. Oh, buddy. See you at the elevator. Um, so how are we all alive if we were in the building? I imagine Echo went in first to, uh, you know, take care of the system. And then we all kind of like scatter throughout the building from that point. That makes sense. Baz's way in was actually going to be to uh, get on the janitorial train since that's his job. I thought that Baz would just be climbing up the side of the pyramid. That's what I also thought. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, outside, Baz with suction cups on his hands <laughs> headed up the side of the pyramid. Oh, please. Baz doesn't need suction cups. He's got finger strength. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a pyramid, so it's like incline. It's easy enough. Yeah. So, yeah, fine. Uh, we would see Baz just like kind of gorilla galloping up the side of this pyramid. <laughs> and you see, like, flashes of light from inside and people screaming for a moment. And then you hear me come over the communicator. And, you know, he's got the layout already, so he knows which window to bust through. And he just kind of, well, I guess we don't have to worry about security. <laughs> and he vaults up and just feet first, through the window that's closest to to whatever interior room he needs to get to. These are pretty thick windows. Is it uh, rose window shaped? <laughs> no, <laughs> it is not. This is not that place. <laughs> this is the antithesis of that place. <laughs> How dare. So this looks like a take the risk. So you're doing something daring, risky, risky or outright stupid. So roll plus power. Uh, because of the whole layout things thing, I want to use research skills because I was planning where to enter dun, 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 and figuring out where that was. Immense strength. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Blueprints, markers, <laughs> maybe some twine. Uh, they're in a flash because he's moving real fast. Chess pieces to say, we're going to put you here and we're going to put them there. <laughs> yeah. And that's three power at the moment. So, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to go with that. Take a risk. Oh, so close. Nine. Hey, that's a success. Yeah. <laughs> I should have used the crew theme. <laughs> Better than my last two rolls. There's a great crash of glass as our camera sees Baz come through from the viewpoint of inside the office. And he crashes through and hits the floor, rolls. Uh, coming to his feet and and stumbling a bit. But here's the thing. Uh, as you slammed into the the glass, you either lost your journal, it fell out of your pocket and slid down the wall of the Ivy Corp pyramid, maybe retrievable later, maybe not. Or you see, as you're climbing up, as you're leaping, you see a figure slumped, possibly dead, in the office, and you get a sudden blinding revelation that this is your person. This is the woman that all the other people that you have tried to help and save is represented by. Or you crash through the window and you realize that you um, shredded all your clothes, and now you're just standing there in in rags and tatters. Humorous underpants situation. <laughs> Naked bass. <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, well, to quote a certain Jesse, damn you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, that is that is freaking hard. Um, but I, I love those choices, though. Underpants. Really underpants. <laughs> oh, that's the easy one, though. I can't take that. Yeah. Plus, uh, plus, I mean, that, that actually might be the worst one for Baz. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, it, it, it was a Baz chosen embarrassment. <laughs> 
yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, door number two. Okay. Oh shit. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Wow. <laughs> I might be. <laughs> I might be out of the scene. Wow, that's a tough one. No, because he feels the pull. I mean, I mean, literally from that glance, he oh, is that captivated, uh, and, and cannot say no to figuring out what's going on and saving this person if he can. It's surely not now. <laughs> surely not surely there was a time when i thought that was going to be the case <laughs> but with the whole mythos thing that, that kind of slammed the door on it you get to her as the others are headed up in the now easily accessed elevator uh using ariel's pass key anyway um, and as they come up in the elevator there is of course elevator music but up in the office the door is open to the office you realize baz and you, as you rush over to this person that that echo may have killed you see that uh that she is dressed in a, a sensible suit and she has a camera and a notepad in her hands from where she fell her nose and ears are bleeding uh, but she is breathing as is the case with many, not all, but many of the people that the others pass on their way through the building up to the office. The elevator dings and opens straight in to this office. The door that was open goes to the fire stairs, which is how she came in. And now everyone is together and they see you all see the scene. The glittering lights outside, the blood on the side of the pyramid. Uh, glass shattering. Baz runs over, picks up this uh, woman. Elevator dings, and you see immediately Echo with that katana sword from his sister, like straight out as it's opening. Um, just kind of like slice down and like point towards the office, and you see Ariel and Cadence like following behind them. Fan out, yeah, yeah. And Baz just kind of like cants his head up from where he's crouched over this uh, raven-haired person, uh, just clear with a look of, of bewilderment on his face. Takes a deep breath and like sets his face. Ariel, where do we go from here? I must get you into the that room, uh, the inner sanctum. So let me do this thing. It is uh, it is not a visible door. It is part of the wood paneling that you have to know exactly where to push. And it was only from grueling weeks of observation that I was able to find the mechanism. Please tell me it's 70s wood paneling. It makes a sound like the original Star Trek doors when they open. And it's like a, it's like a pocket door. It just slides into itself, the wall. The door just slides in once I find the press, the perfect place to press and... Voila, we're inside the secret room. That door opens, revealing a gleaming stainless steel mini hospital room, replete with beeping and buzzing machines, all designed apparently to keep one man alive, or possibly in a semi-comatose state. He is there on a gurney, and he is wrapped in a great deal of gauze and such. Uh, you see that he is perhaps no longer any Logos at all, because his form is not that of a human, but rather of a, well, sort of human, a uh, quite, uh, quite buffed up, jackal-headed fellow. As you open the door, the lights in the room grow brighter, apparently triggered by the opening of the door, and he sits up in his gurney, and his jackal head cocks to one side, and he looks at you all, and he says, It's about time you got here. No! No! It's Lazarus! <laughs> and you realize that in Ariel's accent, uh, Rus Canis was perhaps mistaken, because it's Rus Canis, Lazarus Canis, Lazarus Cain. Lazarus Canis, yes. And we'll find out where this all goes on the next episode of The Gothic Podcast. No, I turn Echo's body around and I walk out immediately. <laughs> <laughs>
The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel and Goblin Brook Manor LLC, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, Eric Halbert, and me, Kirsten Valerie. Our logo was designed by Jared George Art, and our theme music is by Zoe Hovland. We stay afloat thanks to you, so if you can, please support us on Patreon and follow, like, and review us on iTunes and all our social media platforms. Thanks for joining us in the dark, Sojourners. What is he doing? I don't know. Oh, oh, he's he's turning off his AC unit. Oh no! Actually, he's Jesse, doing this for you, Jesse. Guess what I can tell you because we're using Zoom as the recording. I can have my fans on. Yeah, you can. Oh my god! Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope that's in the outtakes too. I'm sorry. I just. What? Where is your microphone, Jesse? It's far away from me. I'll get closer when I'm like talking for the for things that are actually important. <laughs> Yeah, because I always come up here when I'm like in the character. Yeah, but what if I want to leave in some of that other stuff? Oh, well, don't deal with I'll bad just, sound. I'll just sit here then. Like I want, I want like the spy hunter James Bond music playing in the background, and like we're all sneaking around corners yeah, and yeah, doing yeah. funky <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Maybe like brawling with a couple of guards to not raise the alarms. <laughs> And suddenly we were in the musical episode. <laughs> the musical episode. <laughs> <laughs>